0: The apron is worn through in spots, covered in old ink and grease. It once belonged to my ancestor a great, great, great several times over, the mysterious and hard-working Denjemiah Seaver. Now, we would later learn that Denjemiah was, in fact, a woman. But to make it in the printing industry, she wore men's trousers and pulled her hair back under a wig. She joined the exclusive Typesetters Guild, and she quickly excelled through her apprenticeships in Philadelphia, becoming one of the most sought-after producers of broadsides and off-brand almanacs. But she really hit it big by printing small, elaborately designed chapbooks of erotic colonial poetry. Even today, if you ask any colonial spirits about the books sold under the title Whereas and Hither, you're sure to see them turn a ghostly pink in the cheeks. Speaking of riling the dead, did you hear they reanimated a mummy and made it speak by 3D printing a voice box? The next day the coronavirus broke out, several earthquakes hit, and I found a hole in my favorite woolen winter turtleneck. It's called a curse, folks, and now we have this squawking mummy to blame. I'm going to wear old Denjamiya's apron under my meditation belt to use as protection against any more ancient evil. I'll carry that gal's gumption and imagination no matter how dirty, into all future battles against the dark forces that stir and quiver around us. In fact, let's escape this reality for a second or two and check in on how things are going in The Deep night. friends, hello. It's me, Dale Seaver, and I'm your host, guide, and guru, and oh my God, why is it so hot in this apartment? I tell you, we come to you tonight sweltering and completely dried out. Just dusty husks we are. Coming to you, as we always do, from the foul banks of the Gowanus. And tonight, as I rev up my humidifiers and essential oil diffusers and hang damp socks full of crystals around the nightstands, it occurs to me that It might be time to get out of the house for a bit, if only to experience moisture once again. I've missed performing in New York, so let's do a little bit of that old razzle-dazzle and step into the New York groove once again. Come see me in my most elemental uh, and and I gather uh, perhaps sexual self as part of the Violet Hour with Winifred Coombe at Caveat on Sunday, February 2nd at 9.30 p.m. It's me, Gina Gershon, some other people, because Gina Gershon... (laughs) What else do you need? She's going to be there. Uh, uh, You know, I saw showgirls in the theater. I had to show ID. Folks, this is going to be a fun one. And then on February 12th, that's when we're back with our first live show of the season in New York, back at the world-famous Slipper Room On the Lower East Side, with Josh Gondelman, Millie Tamarez, Michael R. Jackson, Doogie Horner, and matchmaker extraordinaire Amy Van Doren. We're going to be talking love and relationships and romance. It's a date night in the Deep Night. Tickets and info up at deepnightshow.com. Did I mention we're going to have a harpist there? Because we will. Stephanie Babarek on the harp. Oh, harps. Okay, my guest today, stay in the moment, Dale. My guest is the terrifically funny and thoughtful comedian and performer, Charlie Barty. Now, sometimes you see someone performing, and you think, gosh, I got to get to know this person. Uh, and that's what happened for me with Charlie. And I'm so glad he came into the Deep Night Studios for a conversation that turned into a conversation about a great many things. And uh, now he's a titan of Twitter. I don't have to tell you that. <laughs> right? Just ask Vulture. Uh... That's one of those. Sentences. He's a titan of Twitter. Ask Vulture. It's a sentence that won't mean anything to time travelers from the past. I love when those things happen. What do those words mean? Anyway, uh, he's great. He's got a weekly show in Bushwick, which I gather is in Brooklyn somewhere. <laughs> Sounds exotic. Uh, but he's always doing the hottest shows in town. You're, you're sure to catch him around. Let's go uh, now to my conversation with Charlie Barty. Charlie Barty, how are you?
1: Not bad,
0: actually. (laughs) Doing okay. Doing okay, if you can believe it. I can believe it. Always busy doing lots lots of things, I gather. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Lots and lots. I saw you not too long ago. Yeah. Take the stage. Command the stage, I would say. And I thought to myself, how do I not know this person? Being somebody who's kind of, you know, entrenched in the comedy scene, such as I am, and try to feel like I know a lot of people and what they're doing. And all of a sudden, you appeared. Thank you and it was fantastic. thank you so much I'm, I'm honored. It was really great and the thing that I really loved about uh, your set that you did there at caveat mm-hmm. was uh, you you kind of, you you held space, you just took your time I'm not even sure what you did it was just about an intro just kind of messing with the intro yeah and it took a long time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> And see, I like that. Yeah, I like that. Have you studied theater and all that?
1: Yeah, I like. Yeah. I started doing comedy through theater. I did okay. like Theater in high school.
0: Okay. See, I like this pla- this path.
1: Yeah.
0: Uh, I, I spent some time with uh, Robert Wilson. You know that guy, mm-hmm. Bob Wilson, theater yeah. director. Right. Real slow moving. Yeah. I spent a whole summer just crossing the stage slowly with a bucket on my head. <laughs> right. So if somebody gets up there and takes their time. Right. I'm all in.
1: Yeah. <laughs> It's so fun. I love, like, sort of making making them wait for it a little bit. Yes. Holding that, like, tension just a second. And you really start to, like, you can take in. You see people sort of... Thinking and turning to their friends and they're saying, well, what's going on here? Oh, it's a blast. <laughs> it's so great. It's so it? fun.
0: And I'm always used to kind of broadcasting, you know, so we're right. always rushing, 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 right. fill the space, fill the space. And I've, I've lost a little bit of that uh, patience, right. you know, staying in the moment, which is what we try to have our folks do at the wellness clinic down by the Gowanus. Right. Stay in the moment. Right. Stay present. Right. Right. And that feels like a wonderful exercise personally for you to do. Mm-hmm. And also it's great joy for the, for the audience.
1: Totally, it, yeah, it's it's one of the more fun, it's like the most fun way to do a bit, is yeah. to like be sort of, when it can be loose, but also you can, re, you, you give yourself the permission to not be like on every second, or yes. you to actually sit and, and appreciate it as it
0: happens. Yes, and kind of deconstruct the whole thing, yeah. too, while you're at it, totally. which uh, is one, has that always been your mode, to, to take your time with things? Um, no, I think it doesn't come
1: naturally to me, I think I, I have to sort of remind myself to do it. Um I think actually, well, what sometimes happens is I go so fast in general, and so sometimes I'm, I'm kind of forced to do it. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? Like I'm, I'm, I'm moving, I'm moving, I'm moving, I'm moving, and then you know, all of a sudden, I realize like I don't, you know, spiritually know where I am, and sometimes literally I don't know where I am. You know what I mean? Like I, I have to like really take stock. So I think it comes from that. Like otherwise, I'm, I'm a, especially on stage, I'm usually actually like a fast talker. It's lots of things, and so I really love the bits that force me and force the audience to like. Sit in it for a second, you yes. know, and, and really, like, sort of enjoy the juiciness of, like, an emotion or, like, a tension or an idea.
0: Yeah. yeah. To just be confused
1: for a moment. To be confused. It's the best. That's, Beautiful. like, what you – that's what we're in it for. Or that's what I'm in it for. I love, like,
0: confusing people, actually, yeah. in an Yes. Yeah. yeah. Take them one way and then do the zag. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's a classic. B- it's, it's classic. It's a classic. It's classic. Well, speaking of classic things, let's mm-hmm. do a classic pod. Okay. Okay, and we'll start with childhood, yeah. and then we'll get to the thing that you want to promote. Perfect. Movie, film, exactly. whatever. So you grew up here. Yeah, I did. Okay, let's get to the thing you want to promote. Okay, perfect. <laughs> I'm Growing kidding. There, yeah. I'm kidding. When I say you grew up here, you
1: grew up in New York City. I did. Actually, yeah, not far from here. Actually. Really? Yeah. So, I grew up in, like, the Lower East Side. So, oh, yeah. Believe wonderful.
0: did yeah. uh, your family been here for a long time? Um,
1: my family, like, two generations. So my grandparents moved here from sort of a war-torn Europe situation. I've heard of it. Yeah, you might have, yeah, sort of back in the day, things weren't going so great as opposed to now, so. Um, (laughs) Right, everything's fine. Right. Yeah. Yeah, so they moved here, like, on my my mom's side, they're Jewish, so they sort of escaped the Holocaust. Awesome. Yeah. And then on my dad's side, it's, like, French and Armenian, so they... I guess didn't really... Well, the Armenian side escaped sort of the Armenian genocide, but the French side just was like, oh, we're bored,
0: we're going to go to America now. So Everybody was running, isn't it? Everybody was running around. It kind of still... It stays in New York. Totally. Everybody ran here and they just keep... Oh, gosh, here that, we go. Totally, 100%. Yeah. And
1: I feel that, like, that's, like, an energy that I've inherited from my grandparents and my parents is just this, like, sense of, you know, being a little bit frantic. Yeah. And actually also... Uh, definitely sort of like a, a an inherited genocide trauma thing is, like, I always have, like, a ton of bags with me or just, like, everything. I always have, like, a backpack that, like, just in case has anything I would need if I needed to, like, run away for four days. If, if you need to get right. out of here. Right. Like, if I need to really run away, it's, yeah. like, I always have, like, a toothbrush, like, some medicine. And I will bring that, like, I can be leaving my home and going to a party at, like, 9 p.m. And I'm, like... You never know. Yeah. Like, you just never know, so why not, like, just bring sort of all of
0: it? <laughs> Is it always the same bag? Yeah. I yeah. Have, it's, Th- this you know, one here. It's This one right here. <laughs> okay. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Nondescript. Nondescript. Uh, easy to find, though. Kind of an emergency color. Faded, exactly. though it may be. Yeah. And you, you know to just grab it. I just know to grab it. And it makes it easy
1: because I don't like to do the work before leaving the house of thinking like, well, what do I need? It's just yeah. like, it's in there. You don't need a checklist. No. It's all set. It's all set. I am like my 900 notebooks, like uh. any sort of contingency I feel like I've planned for with this bag. Wow.
0: Yeah. And and does your entire family do that? Do they all have bags? I think we're all a little bit
1: like, I think I, I got this from like watching my mom move about the city and uh-huh. she always like on her way to work had like, four separate bags, you know, it was like she had her like little purse, her bigger purse. She had like a tote bag with like maybe a gym (laughs) clothes or like, you know, some shoes that she would need for, you know, like she would wear different shoes to work than she would at work. So I think I definitely got this sense of like, oh, the way to be in the city is you just like are carrying a million things. Yeah, yeah. I always – this is – I'm going to quote a tweet of mine, so, like, absolutely forgive me for that. Oh, no, that's okay. I bet that's going to please some fans. (laughs) Yeah, we'll see if people are listening and are like, I know that one! (laughs) I always say, like, you know, if you have fewer than two bags on your person in New York City, that's a staycation a little bit. (laughs) Like, that's the – I see people sometimes without any bags walking around, and I'm like – what are they doing? What are you doing? Yeah. Like, are you lost? Are you okay? You know right. what I mean? Where are you putting your stuff? I just don't get it. doesn't compute with me. Right. You want to see pockets bulging, yeah. at least. Yeah, At the very least. It's like, well, you better have,
0: like, a notebook or, like, a tiny little novel in there or something. Yeah. It's a shame that cargo pants were so derided. Totally. Because they really kind of came in handy for yeah. the person on the run.
1: Totally. I love, like, a huge pocket situation. <laughs> I think that's pretty, like, cool, actually. Yeah. And I'm going to guess they're going to come back That's my sort of prognostication. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah.
0: Take the most uncool thing. Yeah. And it circles back. It's got to circle back. Yeah.
1: And it has this like functionality that's sort of right. I think gestures towards uh, like, you know, need for that, right? Like in a time where maybe a lot of people. Are like on the run
0: do you feel like it'll be uh, in a time of abundance, or do you think it'll be a time of scarcity where people will just want to hold on to things and move i'm not i don't quite remember what it was like before yeah. uh, when the cargo pants were at their height right. i don't know if that's a post 9-11 thing uh, right. or if it was kind of around the yeah i don't know
1: like that's a really good question like i don't know if it's it's sort of like an uh it'll be like an ironic gesture to like the idea of having need or if it'll be like, you know, like, oh, we're trying to make it cool because we actually do need it right Right. now. Right, I
0: actually don't know. Yeah. I'm always fascinated by that, how skinny jeans are because the companies were trying to cut back. Right, 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 right. They couldn't afford the fabric so they could charge more for less fabric. Oh, my
1: God. It's so crazy, like, the ways, like, our desires are, like, just, like, born out of marketing. Yeah. They're like, well, we have this, like, material need, so let's... (laughs)
0: right. Build a desire for it. So sad. It <laughs> it drives us, doesn't it? It just fully drives us. Well, I love the, I love the concept of the go bag, and yeah. I, I mean, I do carry at least one bag. I've I've actually reduced it, but it's a bag with many more pockets. Right. So if I want to get something out of it, it's right. a good twenty minutes before I remember what pocket totally. I totally. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> right. Like I, I sort of feel that. Like I I have this, and there's like. Three pockets, but, like, most of the stuff is in just the one sort of main pocket. And I'm like, oh, my God, you know what? I totally have the thing I need in there. And then I spend, like, ten minutes sort of rooting around for it, digging my way through, like, cliff bars that I've, like, accumulated (laughs) in case I, like, go hungry. You know what I mean? Yes,
0: yes. The the essentials. Right, exactly. (laughs)
1: Like, it is in there, and I will find it, but it might take... A solid 15 minutes of rooting right? to get right,
0: it. Right. That's time to yourself. And Exactly. And <laughs> that can be meditative if you really it. sort of... Moments of slowdown. Exactly. <laughs> do you get into watching those videos where they unpack the bags? Um, I don't know if those, <laughs> but I... Well, I do
1: like that genre. Yeah. I love like a, a, a YouTube video that's sort of like purposeless and meditative. Yeah. I watch, I watch a lot of those. Really? Yeah. Like I love a... Um, like a massage tutorial oh. or like uh I, these are this is a little weirder actually like a medical like examination tutorial video mm-hmm. which is basically just like somebody you know a, a clinician right being like and I'm going to show you how to like examine you know the nerves in the face right oh. and it's these like 25 minute videos where it's just like somebody who's like very slowly going through like a routine set of tests with like I guess, a real person. Usually they seem like real people (laughs) who have just consented to being filmed. Right. And they're so, like, slow and calming just because it's somebody who has, like, ostensibly, like, expertise. And it makes, like, the whole idea of, like, having a body seem really... Uh, solvable do you know what I mean it's like any problem that comes up they'll be like okay so we know what that is right like I just love the idea of like being under the care of somebody who's kind of a professional yes and knows what they're doing that's so comforting to me
0: I I a hundred percent agree with that. Yeah. And if I ever had a moment of kind of feeling low, and yeah. I have, yeah. <laughs> uh, the th- the thing that I go to is not uh, self harm, but I would like to be institutionalized. Not to make light of that, I know it's right, a serious right. thing, but to just be like in a place, in a clinic, in right. a facility yeah. where I don't have to worry about anything. Right. They give me the outfit, right? Not quite prison, right? But like more of a hospital setup, right? Fine, right? Where you Do can it. be like cared for. It feels
1: yeah. it's 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 really appealing. Yeah. Um, And I think I dosed that a little bit through these videos. Like, you actually can, like, meditate into it and, like, sort of imagine yourself being the recipient of, like, quality care. Which is actually really hard to come by, right? Because I think in actuality, like, I love the idea of going to the doctor. But every time I go to the doctor, it's, like, super quick. I feel like I'm not actually, like, being really heard or, like, you know, that someone isn't taking the time to actually, like, hear me. And so it's this idea of, like... You go to a person who's like knowledgeable and they're like, well, let me listen and do everything I can yeah. to fix you. And like I will be able to fix you because, you know, you can have a certain set of problems and I you know how to handle all of them. It's like such an appealing idea to me. Absolutely. And that lulls me
0: right to bed, yeah. honestly. <laughs> yes. It's true that I have never once asked someone, mm-hmm. somebody in, in New York mm-hmm. for a recommendation about a doctor mm-hmm. where the person hasn't said, well, oh, they're fine. Right. They've <laughs> never enthusiastically endorsed any doctor. Right. Ever? Never. I don't think I've, I've ever heard that either. Maybe a specialist here and there, right? Like, but a regular doctor, no one's ever been. Oh, you gotta see my guy's great, right? Exactly. Or, my person's great, right? You Never.
1: Because you get it, right? Like they're uh, they have to turn people over really quickly. I, I do I'm trying to be generous. I'm actually like I know. <laughs> I don't know. I've like had bad experiences you with doctors get... where it's like, I, like this is not. I'm not sympathetic to you. You're like just trying to make money. Yes. But do you feel like you have a lot of uh, issue? Are you uh, hypochondriac uh, tending? A little bit. I'm, yeah. I'm a little hypochondriac tending. I have a lot of, like, really small thing issues that I, like, could manage in theory. Yeah. And every once in a while I'm like, I need to fix all these things. Yeah. But it's, like, you know, like, pain in my wrists. I have these, like, something called ganglion cysts in my uh-huh. wrist. Is uh-huh. this cool to talk about? Well, no, I you, love you're it. You're okay. No, yeah, well, no, I love it. Um, I, I mean, I can talk about this all day. Obviously, yeah, okay. my favorite subject. <laughs> You know, it's, like, a little, like, fluid buildup that, uh-huh. like, you know, when it really gets bad, it, like, really hurts and I can't, like, open doors and stuff. Oh, my. But it's the kind of thing where it's, like, usually pretty easy and there's usually just, like, a modern amount of pain that I can totally handle. Mm-hmm. But I feel like I have that all over my body. Bu- like, little things like that where it's, like, well, I could fix this, but... Is it worth the copay, or like yeah. suddenly finding out that I owe like eight hundred dollars because like I didn't realize it would be billed as a surgery?
0: Do you know what I mean? <laughs> like, right, right. Do you do you, uh, stockpile? Do you wait and you go in and you say, well, okay, let's do this. This, this, yeah, and this. I think so. I think yeah. that's how
1: I've I, uh, how I've approached it. Where yeah. I'm like, well, I'm I, this is going to be my doctor month. Right. I'm like, <laughs> right. I'm gonna like do the sinus stuff. I'll do the wrist stuff. I'll do the digestive stuff. You know, just yeah. like in a month, just like. Get it all done. Get it done.
0: Get it done, right. And uh, you're in good health now, though. Yes, yeah, relatively. I mean, you whatever's ongoing. Right, right, right. in right. a good, manageable yeah. state. <laughs> yeah, which, you know, we're grateful for. We uh, sort of, yeah. Yes, of course. Um, well, one of the things that uh, struck me in just sort of looking through the things that you've done, mm-hmm. in so much that I assume they are not made up, is that uh, one thing that yeah. you were <laughs> involved in as a kid was, uh, uh, or as a student maybe, was uh, anti-bullying efforts.
1: Oh yeah. I'm wow, wow, where did you find that? Um <laughs> Is that true? No, it is true. Yeah. I'm wondering where on the internet that is, but I'm So sorry, I'm sort of like processing my own like digital Do You need to
0: scrub it? Yeah,
1: I'm like <laughs> take that out. I that's so lame. I have to be cooler than that. I was like involved in that in yeah. sort of a way where I'm I've been thinking more and more like I really cared about it actually and like, you know, uh really f- Felt it and, like, did some work that I'm proud of and at the same time have recently reckoned with the fact that, like, there were many times in high school where I was actually a bully.
0: Um, Yourself Yeah,
1: fully. And, like, just, like, trying to understand the double consciousness of that.
0: Were you bullied as well? Not really. Not really. It was more atoning for your own uh, actions. Yeah, a little bit. Like, Uh I mean, I definitely wasn't, like... The
1: worst. And I don't think it was like super active, but, you know, there were just a few times where I was like, oh, I really could have been like, um (laughs) I actually think like a lot of the times in that I justified it with like, like I bullied kids who were like in theory more popular than I was, but I was like, oh, that probably actually did hurt them. Where I was like, oh, this is fine. Like, yeah. I'm, like, punching up, whatever, right. the like. power dynamic is such that it's not going to affect them. Right, exactly. Like, he's one of the, like, really popular kids. They all, like, whatever. They're so cool. They all hang out. Like, I can just, like, sort of, like, make fun of him with my friends yeah. publicly. And then in retrospect, it's been like, oh, well, don't do that. Like, that probably, you know, because you can be, like, in a circle and still, like, have a lot of, like. Insecurity and anxiety, whatever. Yeah. So it, it was interesting to be like, why I really was like, I do anti-bullying work." <laughs> and then being like, "Well, you you did anti-bullying work, and then you actually did bullying work, with a little bullying of, on yeah. the side." <laughs> exactly. So you know how
0: more informed, weren't right. you? Exactly. Uh, well, we had one bully as he, uh, growing up. Yeah. Not one. I mean, I'm sure there were many other ones, but one that I recall, right. uh, Ray something. Mm-hmm. I know his last name, but I'm not gonna say That's both of you. But uh, we only had one scary moment Mm -hmm. and uh, then he just kind of faded into loserdom. I don't know what happened to him. Oh really? He didn't yeah, he like the rest of us, kind of like artsy kids, theater kids, just right. kind of became the popular group. Kind of, yeah. And so, whatever was, I mean, he was so marginalized that right. it just didn't ever, it never penetrated my, I wasn't even aware of him all through high school. I right. had no idea what happened to him.
1: Right. He just sort of faded.
0: I mean, and that's kind of
1: nice. Like when the – you know. Oh, it's great. Yeah. I mean, great for you. Right? I, mean, I don't know what happened to him. Right. I, you know. Fingers crossed. I don't care that, that much. Right. Right. <laughs> it's like, you are
0: kind of mean to me. So,
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Hopefully, <laughs> someone cares for you, but <laughs> it won't be me. Not good.
0: Have you encountered uh bullies as an adult
1: i think I've, I've i've been thinking about like you know what is that is like a bullying framework useful in understanding like social interaction in sort of like i don't know i'm in this like you know comedy scene right which like yes. can, feels super high schooly a little bit right sure. like yeah. where there's like hierarchy and there's like you know a sense that like Everybody is being, like, watched
0: in that same way. You know what I mean? Like, everybody
1: sort of knows each other, and everybody's, like, watching what each other does.
0: I kind of feel like the science teacher in that situation, (laughs) but yes. (laughs) It's, like, a
1: good, honestly, way to be, because it can be, like, obviously kind of toxic. But also, like, I don't know. I wonder, like, there's things that, like, feel like bullying, but again, it's like, well, that person is, like, kind of a bad person, so you mean bullying towards
0: that person who is bad or the, Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, 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 sorry.
1: Exactly. So I'm I'm like is bullying like a useful framework to understand cuz sometimes I'm like no, I'm allowed to shit talk like Right. this is like self-protective and fun. And then sometimes it crosses into a thing of like, oh, you know what? Like I actually it's maybe is going too far in like talking negatively about someone. Yeah.
0: Well, right. it never feels good to do that. I right. mean, whatever fleeting, right. It, right? it can feel good for certain right. people, right? Uh, but uh, it, uh, at the end of the day, it doesn't always sit right.
1: Yeah, and even when it does feel good, it's like you would never. I don't know. I always feel like I later like there are people who I've been like, "Oh my god, this person's so annoying. They drive me crazy." And it's yes. not like you're a bad person, and I'll acknowledge that. It's just like they are annoying. They're like corny. They're annoying. I don't like their work. Whatever. Like they drive me crazy. I think yes. their posts are annoying. And then. <laughs> You know, the stuff they put out, I'm like, yeah. ugh, stop. And then inevitably, I meet them and spend more time with them. And I'm like, well, you're really sweet. So mm-hmm. fucking kill me. You know what I mean? Like, okay, I guess I can't like dislike you because you're a person. Kind. <laughs> right. I'm trying to, like, the only people that it feels really good to like be that way about are the people who are like actually just mean and yeah. like self interested and evil.
0: And mm-hmm. and some of it is just – some people need to be called out on the behavior that yeah. they're, they're yeah, 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 totally. engaging in. It's, right. It's not not okay. Right, exactly. And there is, some, like, oh, it's comedy. It can be anything. Right. Well, okay. Right. But there's also human decency. Right, right, right. And, and that, courtesy and respect. Right. And
1: how you are – like, you know, there's a lot of people who will do, like, shitty things sort of, like, outside of their comedy, just, like, in the social dynamic. Yes. And you're, like, oh, well – and then it doesn't feel like bullying when you're, like, this person sucks. <laughs> like – I'm going to tell people that because I've done
0: shitty things. So, yes. like, it's the least I can do. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. And uh, you've probably watched a lot of uh, comedy. Were you uh, interested in it from a young age?
1: Yeah. I actually, like, um, I love comedy, believe it or not. Interesting. <laughs> yeah, who would have thought? <laughs> I actually started doing it really young. Uh-huh. I Did it through like Gotham Comedy Club it has like a kids program. Uh. Ah. So I was part of their like teen troupe. It's called Kids and Comedy. Wow. Yeah. So I, I don't st- think I've met anybody else that's done that. There's um a few other people who are like in the scene who it's Rachel Colley is probably the other person okay. who like yeah. you know, another uh, brilliant, brilliant comedian. We actually also went to high school together and I found out about this program through her. So oh, she's okay. sort of the reason I'm here. yeah. nice. Um, but it's, uh, so I've, I've been doing it since I was like 14, actually. Uh-huh. Um, what was the spark to do it? Your family funny? Yeah, I think my family's funny. I yeah. think my family also really loves to laugh. Like uh-huh. I love making my mom laugh and she laughs like so, so, so much and about like, you know, not like jokes, but she will laugh at like the most absurd random things. I got her for Hanukkah like two years ago this like neck massager yeah. and I was like that'll be nice whatever like she's a woman with stress I'll get her neck massager she put it on and laughed for like six minutes straight just full like could like put it on immediately it was like ah! like could not stop and it, that was a moment where I was like oh I sort of see the dynamic here like she loves to laugh and yeah. I love to like make her laugh yeah because I love her so I think that's a big part of it
0: yeah yeah. And that was a good program. The teen uh, Yeah, uh, I mean for what it was. Like I definitely
1: Yeah, I'll 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 give it that. I, mean, I don't you need got to got stage
0: let, time. You got up there to do it. Yeah, totally. You got and, to see what it was like.
1: Yeah, and you know what? I recently found some of the videos of me performing when I'm like 14 and 15, and obviously it's super cringeworthy, but a lot of the a lot of it I'm like, "You know what? <laughs> not, not bad actually, considering. I'm like, that's a structured joke. You <laughs> know what I mean? Like I, I, I there's a lot of like <laughs> my parents, right? But <laughs> Sort of beyond that stuff, I'm like, you know what?
0: It was pretty good for someone who's truly very obviously 14. You know what I mean? Yeah. And uh, you moved somewhere in there to uh, Mm -hmm. doing some stuff at Comedy Central. Yes. An internship or something.
1: Um, Oh, I did have an internship at Comedy
0: Central. (laughs) I'm wondering how much I can sort of – uh, talk about it. You don't have to say that much, but w- were you in a position where you were watching a lot of VHS tapes and that kind of thing? <laughs> Ish. <laughs> okay. Like I, well, okay. This is what I'll say about that job
1: is that one of my main responsibilities when I was an intern there was to listen to this radio show they have um, run by these two comedians, what a big J Okerson and Dan oh, Soder. Uh-huh, yeah. Right. They have this radio show and, it was my job as like an intern to listen to it and write down all the things they spoke about and like you know just log it kind of. I didn't have to transcribe it fully, but like log like okay, these are the conversation topics because they'd gotten in legal trouble. So Comedy Central wanted to be like ready to go oh, okay. if like they had another issue. Be like because they were producing it.
0: Comedy yes, Central Comedy was, Central was okay.
1: producing this yeah. this radio show, which happened. For two hours a day, two times a week. Gosh. And I was like, but they were like behind as well. So I was like just, that was my main job was just like listening to it. And, you know, it is, it was the most like misogynistic, just so deeply offensive show to be honest. Yeah, Um, That was just really like, it was like so devastating and I could have handled it if it were like. I was listening to it like, oh, once every few days, but it was just back to back, like yeah. them doing like impressions and like, you know, just a lot of like trans misogyny and like racism. And it was I really like spiraled in that internship because I was like, what is going on? <laughs> it would be con- and I'd be right, I'd have to write down like, well, they're doing an impression of like a Vietnamese baby, like, oh my God. <laughs> oh, Lord. <laughs> and then at the I got to the end of that internship. And, like, truly in my last week, my boss at the time was like, oh, you know what? We sort of don't really need you to be doing that. Wow. And I was like, I've been (laughs) listening to this for eight weeks. (laughs) No! (laughs) For so long I've been listening and was like, oh, no. This was for nothing. Yeah. Which is inevitable. Like, that's such an intern experience where they're like, we need you to put – All the files from here into there and do it manually. Thank you. You know? (laughs) Like,
0: felt classic. That feels like a certain kind of uh, psychological uh, torture. Yes, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Well, and so you didn't come away with that necessarily.
1: (laughs) Yeah. I mean, and here's what I'll say. I I do really like Comedy Central. Yeah. So it did like mar my – whatever. I'm like doing all the political. (laughs) And if you're listening. (laughs) Just a funny sort of um, uh, intern experience. Yes. Yeah. Well, uh, it
0: sounds difficult. Yeah, I really hard. <laughs> I start crying. <laughs> but then uh, you you sh- are able to take this love of comedy of performing mm-hmm. and put that into Yale. I did go to Yale. Yeah. Yeah, and and that not bad. Thank you. Yeah. yeah.
1: Well, and here's what I'll say, not to yeah. just sort of denigrate everything in my life, but Yale is like an awful place, and that I don't feel. <laughs> Um, sort of any shame or misgivings about saying you got that pizza place nearby though don't you it's true there's really good pizza there yeah so and you know there's some things that are about
0: it that are terrific <laughs> yeah. you know pizza C- Catherine Hahn Catherine Hahn went there Her dad from Family Ties yeah Ernie Hudson um, who else? Yeah, there's a lot of people
1: where you're like, okay, fun. And then also a lot of war criminals actually went there as well, sort of in so, addition. A nice balance. It's a nice balance where you get Catherine Hahn and you also get the whole George Bush family and also. Yes,
0: yeah, with the skulls, right? They mm-hmm. were in, in some skull skull kind of basement. yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah.
1: Which is all real. That's all, like, real. Oh, of yeah. course. Yeah. Yes.
0: I went to a Yale party once. Mm-hmm. It was a kind of mix between a Yale, maybe a brown. Sure, sure, that's sure. That's a sprinkling of vassar, let's right. say. Right, right. But the, the Yale moment for me came. Right. The, here's, see if this tracks yeah, with yeah. your experience. Uh, it was in a rented mansion yeah. on the Cape. Yeah. So far, so good, right? Yeah, that actually. The mm-hmm. theme of the party, mm-hmm. it was a costume party, New Year's, mm-hmm. was the hired help. So far, so good. Yep, that yeah. tracks, right? Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, and so I—I I was there. Uh, I turned the corner into the kitchen, little mm-hmm. kitchen area there, and there's a fella uh, sitting on the uh, mm-hmm. table, the kitchen table, right, um, playing guitar mm-hmm. and playing. I don't know, Sondheim, mm-hmm. Michelle Branch. I don't know what was playing, sure. <laughs> and uh, a lot of the. Right. folks doing the drums on their thighs okay. and just kind of nodding along to right. it. And they kind of stopped when they saw me right. walk in and then they continued laughing and it became right. clear that this was like the Yale drama department. Okay. Sure, and I sure, thought, sure. I don't, I don't. I don't need to be out, in this kitchen I'm out, I'm any out. longer. Yeah, 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 yeah I yeah. can get out of here. Yeah, that does that, all of that tracks yeah. really well
1: with the experience <laughs> yeah. of it.
0: But what was your plan, Go? Did you want to do sing-alongs and mansions, or were you trying to do acting, or was it how to better inform your comedy, or you just were not I, sure, and it was a great school? Yeah, it was more like I felt like in high school I was so
1: ambitious and needed like a thing to direct it towards, and so it just became like go to Yale, and like that I was like so like singularly set on like this is what you do to like this is how you win yeah and like literally didn't even think beyond that of like well what do i want my life to look like it was not it was literally just about like i need to win at like high school i told you that so i got to yell and was like oh i don't know what i'm doing here like i don't i don't know why i'm here um and i did do a lot of comedy there which was great yeah and it was also nice to like be in a place where i could sort of uh see really explicitly like a lot of values that I did not want to share uh-huh. and that I'd maybe been like not quite brought up with, but like weren't like super far from, you know, the world I grew up in. Yeah. Right. Like values around like money and elitism. Right. So it was at least nice to see that and be like, oh, this is that to the extreme. And that's disgusting. Like this is like really awful. Right.
0: So if you want to immerse yourself in privilege. Right. Right. To understand where you kind of fit within that. right? Exactly. Yeah. Um, and then maybe you take some lessons from that back, right? And become a little right, which wiser. is yeah.
1: yeah, like which hopefully is what you know. I, I, I'm trying to make sure that's like the narrative of it, and not like, and then I became an asshole, <laughs> um, <laughs> right? Yeah, but I did do I did comedy there, and it was you know, it's just a, it's just a, a a funny place where like it's just the confluence of like people who have like unfettered access to privilege and money and power and people who have, uh, like, who are completely, like, unscrupulous, you know? Yeah. Like, just no care, sort of, of the world, no, like, sense of, like, stewardship or ethics. And it, it's really informative, actually, because you go and you're like, I get why stuff is this way. <laughs> is these pe- I see, I see, yeah. okay. Like, yeah. and this is where it happens, and then you go on. You know, I knew so many people who were, like, I can name on more than one hand, right? That means more than five. Like, people who I know for a fact were, like, abusive people, right? Like, not to make it too dark, but, like, you know, abusive people in either, like, sexual ways or other ways, who then went on to get, right out of school, six-figure jobs at banks. Right. Like, that's just how it goes, yep. right? And you're like, oh, right, you're the people running the economy, you're the people running politics.
0: Well, you think if, it's like, within the comedy thing, you say, yeah. "Well, I'm friends with that person. We came up. We went to the Gotham Teen thing together. Right, right. So she put me on a show, or I got put on that show. Right. Now just do that to the U.S. Senate, right? Or exactly. to the to, in charge of the right. banks or whatever it is. Right. It, the same kind of chumminess. Right. Those like relationships that get formed there. Oh right. well, we've right. known him forever. It's right. all fine.
1: Right. It's insidious. It's totally insidious. And in the ways— Right. And it's, like, it becomes really problematic when it's, like, about access to, like, the highest order power. Yes. And you totally see how it, like— You know, it's funny, like, when the Brett Kavanaugh hearings happened because he went to Yale and he was in the frat that, like, is known as, like, the rape frat, right? Right. And people, you know, there's some times where <laughs> some commentators were, like, either, like, incredulous, like, how could this be? Like, he went to Yale or were, like, well, this couldn't be because he, you know, like— He went to Yale and it's like, no, 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 no. That's like, this makes total sense. Like I know so many people like him who were there who were just like entitled and it's like the place it's going to happen Yeah, because it's like male entitlement sort of shot through with like whiteness and wealth and like, of course
0: you're going to get people like that. Yes. So pretty like scary place. That's what I'll say. And I'm just thinking, I want to uh, just uh, uh, put an addendum on that Yale yeah. party thing, yeah, which yeah, is yeah. an amusing little thing for that moment. But right. then I went and got pretty drunk yeah. and passed out in the woods. Right. And so that's I had my crazy. own relationship to privilege that I was processing.
1: Yeah. Oh, no, 100%. <laughs> I mean, also, too. like, I don't want to be like, oh, yeah, like, I'm so distant from that. You know what no, I mean? I like, was at the party. Right, exactly. <laughs> like, I was there. I saw a lot of the stuff because yeah. I was, like, <laughs> yeah. invited. So, right. you know, that's right. sort of.
0: Right. Right. Um, and. Well, let's segue a little bit uh, into (laughs) into the show Chunk. Yeah, yeah, yeah. which was a one person show. Are you still doing that? Not really, but I no. do I, I do pieces of it sometimes. I w- I'm only able to see it on YouTube, yeah. which is how theater should be seen. Per- yeah, exactly. It's perfect <laughs> as a viewing experience. But, but I really thought it was uh, brilliant. Oh, thank uh, you. And a lot of these moments, like we were saying earlier, of kind of looking at the system mm-hmm. a- and then breaking it down mm-hmm. and then breaking it down further yeah. and then hanging there for a while yeah. and then taking it to the next level. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Really uh, beautiful meta deconstruction stuff happening. Um, top to bottom. Mm-hmm. A little talk back with the audience. Yeah. It seems to me you carefully observed some of the mechanisms of both comedy and theater yeah were you doing acting at yale too were you doing the full-on theater productions a little bit i did it at first and then i switched to like just doing comedy yes you know and they were fine with that yeah yeah Yeah. yeah. (laughs) they said you can go if you (laughs) want you're dismissed actually (laughs) (laughs) well that is one of my favorite uh, kinds of comedy though when the joke is the thing yeah 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 yeah. so hard to do i think um and i-, I when that happens when I'm doing it, if I write something up right. and I say, Ah, yeah, there it is yeah there, that's like it' like, surprises me, yeah, I never remember to go into it with that intention, yeah, i mean i
1: love I love like a comedy born of theatricality, it's like the most fun to perform for me, like yeah. cause you really like sink into it more than with other types of work, right like and i love like some of my favorite comedians are the ones who like come from theater because you have a sense of like how to retain uh, you know how to retain interest and like how you can dramatize your body right yeah um more than if you're just like being like I have jokes and I'm just going to stand here and be like ba 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 right like there's something kind of fun about like giving your whole body to a stage
0: and like using it for what it is yes yeah Yes, I had to take movement classes. And I think about the shape that I'm making. Totally. Positive and negative. Right. Negative space.
1: Right. Use it. You got right, because it's funny, like stand up is so weird where it's like, okay, single person with a microphone on stage and it's like, you have a whole stage. Do you know what I mean? Like there's so much you can do with that. Yes. Like all my favorite. Not all my favorite, but, like, many of my favorite, like, jokes and bits that I do are the ones where it's, like, I get to really move around and, like, take the space and, like, yeah. use it for... Because there's so many ways to make yourself funny as just, like, a single body in a microphone on stage. It's, like, completely rich. And it feels like that's a, a real area where, like, people sort of lose their imagination a little bit. Because it's really scary, too. Because if it doesn't work, you're like, oh, I, I'm writhing and looking like an idiot,
0: <laughs> right? <laughs> right. But. I bet you get a good picture out of it. Though, you do too. get
1: a good picture, right? I have some
0: very fun onstage photos. But to, to understand, to walk on that stage mm-hmm. is to honor all that has come before it, to mm-hmm. honor the spirits that inhabit that space, that right. live under that, that hold it up. Right? Right. So you're in a tradition. It's yeah. not just come in, stand at the mic, ba 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 ba, and then done. Totally. You got to know how to stand, how to honor what's happening mm-hmm. in this space, how to breathe. Yeah. And so many people don't ever consider it they
1: don't consider it you're totally right frustrating yeah i do think that it's like you know comedians will sometimes be like i want to honor their history and so they'll like revere and study comedians who came before them which is great and i think you have to do that yeah but also it's like watch musical theater like like there are so many musical theater performers who are like not only so talented and know how to use a stage whatever but are also like really funny and will actually teach you so much about like how to use your body, right? Yeah. Like, and yeah. how to make a joke
0: on a stage with people—it's like uh, amazing. And how to be in touch with the audience,
1: yes, yeah, to, yeah.
0: to to feel what they're feeling, not just like oh they're laughing at me and so I can keep going, right? But a sense of this isn't working, right. this is taking too long. I right. can take more time. Right. They're going to tell you all of that, right? But if you're not tuned into it, yeah, and they
1: they need to be on your side, yeah. And, and like, what kind of like. Affective relationship you're building, right? Like, there's a lot of um, oh, I'm like not gonna sound eloquent when I try to like, get this out, but <laughs> That's right. I'm aware me. we're in the weeds of telling right.
0: everybody how comedy should be, right. but, anyway. But... <laughs> write this down yeah, because right. this is gonna be freaking perfect, <laughs> just like but these things that we're drawn to, we get yeah. excited by them because yes. there's a heightened sense to them, yes, and and we. I personally want right. to see more of it. Yeah, the people I tend to talk to are people that do that. Yes, and I get excited. Right, that. right,
1: and it's worth like it's worth getting excited about, and it's cool to do stuff that you actually care about and want to like be better at.
0: It's like a great feeling. It is it's awesome. It is. Yeah. Now, did you also do something where you were teaching about the American sitcom? Yeah, I did. That was um, two summers
1: ago, two or three summers ago. I was in. Um, uh, I taught in China for a summer, so I, like, fully blacked out. Um, <laughs> I was like, what's going on? Yeah, I taught in China for... The virus is uh, exactly. over there. Yeah, yeah, that's what happened. No, <laughs> um, no I, f- two summers I taught in China through, like, a friend of mine who's, like, a really old friend I went to preschool with, who's, like, a really, really incredibly gifted, like, educator, um, who sort of got connected with this like startup-y program in China that was like, oh, we're trying to bring, like, American teachers to, like, teach kids, in, like, high school kids in China who, like, want to go to American schools and want to practice their English. So it was a, I got to literally, like, throw together this curriculum that was about, like, the history of the American family in the sitcom, mm. which was kind of, you know, fun, and I didn't have, like, a ton of expertise, but enough to, like, be like, yeah, I think it can, like, draw a trajectory and, like, you know... Uh, do some interesting work here. What was the takeaway? Um, I think the takeaway was like, the biggest takeaway was about like a way to examine pop culture as like, uh, as a text. I think the thing I wanted to get was like, you can examine the stuff around you and like, look at how it uh, reflects like ideals mm. and aspirations and fears That was ultimate. It was, like, more I wanted to show, like, a way of investigating the world more than I wanted to show, like, a specific thing about, like, American families specifically. I got it. Even though there was an element of that, too. But it was a lot of, like, history of, like, oh, like, post-war, leave it to beaver, whatever, like, turning into, like, just, like, sketching out, like, a history.
0: A little cultural barometer. Right,
1: exactly. Okay. Right, so that's, like, sort of more what I wanted to do. It was really, like, a, a super enriching, you know, educational experience. Because I got – basically what happened is I got there and, like, you know, the class was pretty split in that, like, a third of the kids spoke English, like, really well, right, like, and could totally follow. A third were, like, pretty good at English and, like, you know, would maybe need some help and not get everything but, like, were following. And then a third of the kids, like, really did not – could not understand. Yeah. So the the challenge was, like, how do I do this thing in a way that, like, actually engages – Everybody in the class, so that they all get something out of it, at least. Well, you know, how do I make it, like, approachable and, you know, accessible to the kids who, like, really don't speak that much English at all and also still interesting to the kids who
0: are, like, fully fluent? Yeah. And were there things about the sitcom format that they could just pick up on without the without the language?
1: Yeah, I think so. So that, that was actually where I went with a lot of it, was, like, let's talk and think about, like, the things that aren't. Because actually, even the kids who, like— were like as, you know, as fluent as possible, like would watch like old 50s sitcoms and be like, I can't understand anything they're yeah. saying, which <laughs> yeah. honestly you kind of relate to. Like I, yeah. I'll watch sitcoms and be like, I fully need subtitles. I can't understand it. <laughs> right. So <laughs> like thinking about like, well, what are the visual cues? What are like the, the techniques in the filmmaking? Right. Yeah. Talked about like single cam versus multi cam, like what that meant. Um, so we, we did a lot of, of that kind
0: of work in it. I was just recently watching some of the Family Ties, not because yeah, yeah. of the Yale connection, but just be- right. because. And uh, it's amazing how similar that moment is to this moment mm-hmm. yeah. uh, in terms of these kind of like yeah. the hippie parents and then right. coming up against this conservative uh, line totally. here. And yeah. there's some things that are just true about it with parenting kind of stuff. Right. Uh, which uh, pretty – pretty. So I was amazed. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> because well, the- I, I, you, know, you watch that kind of thing as a child and then you watch the thing later. It's a different uh, – perspective on it but it's still funny yeah totally and a lot
1: of it is still like you know i do think there's a there's a bias or a tendency to like watch contemporary comedy and be like this is pathbreaking and is only happening now and it's so exciting and then you go and you watch like i love lucy and you're like Oh, this she's been doing this forever. Yeah. Like this is not new at all. This has been happening for like <laughs> seventy years, right? Like this same kind of bit, like these same kinds of you know jokes are. Yeah. What was I watching? Like that the there's like that duo, the uh, M- Elaine May and someone else. I can't and remember. Mike Nichols. Yes. Yeah yeah. 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 I just watched them for the first time, and I was like, oh, "That's so good." This is like, really great. This is so funny, yeah. right? Yeah. And a lot of it is stuff that, like, if it were done now, it would feel kind of contemporary. Oh, for sure. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You really think, you know, that you're like pathbreaking and innovating. And then you're like, no, this has
0: been happening. Just kind of cool to see. It's cool to see. Yeah. And it's part of that thing of like kind of knowing where you come yeah. from. Yeah. 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 And totally. Know, know what's informing this moment, whether yeah. it's uh, I have a kind of a desire to have a to go bag. Right. Because <laughs> of my family history or yeah. because I need to slow down in relationship to my sort of condition where I'm living or family history or whatever, and when I get on stage, you're bringing all that stuff to it and what's come before you. Yeah, right. It's, like, the most empowering thing, in a sense, to, like, really
1: understand your history and, like, what are the forces and trends that have, like, shaped you, Yeah, right? It, like, gives you—I mean, you can look at it and be like, oh, my God, I'm never going to be an original because I'm so influenced by all these things and everything has been done before, or you can be like— you know what? Like, I'm building onto this legacy, and like, I can, I will only do like the tiniest, 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 tiniest little like addition to it. But like, that's really exciting to yeah. be like part of a canon, even in the smallest little way. In the smallest little way, but to yeah. operate with confidence. Yeah. 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 And the more you know that, the more you can be like,
0: oh, wow. Yeah. This is great. And you can take the kind of chances that you do mm-hmm. on stage. Yeah, exactly. Great. And uh, you have some things coming up that you. Let me you, think of why. You're working what, all the time. I know. You seems. were like, what do you want to plug? And I was like, honestly, what do I want to plug? Uh, I mean... <laughs> well, the, you don't have to plug No, 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 I will. Don't it's worry. A, I'll take you off Listen, on. if you've got a great crystal you want to talk about, we can <laughs> talk about that too. <laughs> and I do, but I, I think that the main <laughs> fun
1: thing that I'm working on right now, which I'm just loving, is I've been doing this weekly show for a little over half a year now. Yeah. It's called August Exploration. It, yeah. Very fun. Uh-huh. Um... <laughs> It started in August. Oh, no, 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 sorry. That's actually, I can give you the whole... It started in June, and it was called June Exploration. Uh-huh. And the idea was we wanted to do a weekly show in June to explore what it would mean to do a weekly show in June <laughs> to see if it would have been a good idea had we done it. <laughs> um, so that was sort of which like... you were doing. Which we were doing, yeah. Okay, yeah. yes. It was okay. sort of like a meta, twisted, nobody really understood it bit, and then we did the same thing in July and then the same thing in August, and then at the end of August we decided... Logistically, we just didn't want to keep changing the name. Yeah. yeah. And so the bit became. We wanted to see what it would be like to host a weekly show in August, but we didn't finish collecting the data. So we're gonna have to keep going, even though it's not August anymore, and we'll just approximate. <laughs> so, you know, that's now six months in. Um <laughs> And how much of that does the audience need to be aware of? <laughs> <laughs> like we use it's funny because it's a bit we like every four or five weeks we'll like explain the bit. Just randomly we're gonna we'll be like, okay, like why not? We'll do this. And sometimes people think it's so funny and love it. And sometimes people are literally like blankly staring at us. Like, "I, what is this? Like, what are you talking about? Oh, another, I always think this is fun, but nobody really connects with this, but I love the fact that August is like, the, you know, uh, also has a second meaning, like sure. august, which means like noble and brave. Yes. Which like totally, you know, it's a noble and brave exploration. That's awesome. That's how I took it when you first said it. Right, right, yeah, right. Not like, knowing the... the right. Yes. So I like that it works in both ways and that it's sort of like maybe an obscure... Um, but I do that every week on Wednesdays at 8 p.m. at Jones Beach Bar in uh, Bushwick, uh-huh. and I co it with Natalie Rodder lateman uh-huh. and we just have—it's, like, such a blast. It's this, like, tiny, cutie little, like, uh, bar that has this little back room, sort of like a DIY space. Every time we get there and, like, the space looks completely different— they're like always renovating it, but never finished. They're like we built a stage and we tore out this stage, and there's like a hundred just like loose speakers everywhere, so it's a little bit chaotic, but it has like such a fun, you know warm, cozy feeling. sounds like it suits the theme too totally yeah. right, exactly. It's all very exploratory <laughs> yes. and um no, so I have a great time doing it, and That's great. we love when people you know sort of come um. And it's been satisfying, too, actually, because when we started, we had, like... You know, it would be, like, some weeks, it would be, like, crazy packed. And then some weeks, randomly, like, nobody would come, of course. Yeah. And we now are at a place where, like, we have a few people who've, like, just stumbled into the show, who live nearby, who are at the bar, who, who like, came one week. And then we're like, this is great. And then just come every single week. It's, like, the nicest, most rewarding <laughs> feeling to be like, hey, Trevor, you're back, you know? Yeah, right, right. Like, people just, like, sit in the back and laugh and, like, have no other connection to us or comedy and just... It's, like, nearby, and it's their Wednesday night routine, and it's, like, very sweet and, you know.
0: It's beautiful. Honoring, yeah. Oh, nice. Yeah. Well, we'll have to check it out sometime. Yeah, thanks. Sounds great. Yeah. Uh, Charlie, this has been terrific having you here. Oh, my God. It's been amazing uh, uh, to thank, be here. Thank you for doing it, and uh, I wish you continued success with everything. Thank you. You too. All right. Oh my goodness, it was a lot of fun. It was, uh, that was a lot of fun. Thinking through privilege, thinking through the immigrant experience. This is the time for it, right? This is the time to regret going to parties in the early aughts. (laughs) That's what's happening for me. And listen, my apologies to anybody who had to see me be a mess that night. I'm not proud of all my actions uh, then, uh, especially just that whole period there, those dark years after the divorce. Uh, I'd like to be buried like a mummy. (laughs) when I think about those moments. But we learn, we grow. I've grown, I've listened, you listen every week, and I'm so thankful for that. Uh, But that is all the time we have in the deep night this week, so I'll leave you with this. Remember that although this night is ending, a bright new day is just ahead. Deep Night with Dale is independently produced and performed by James Bewley. Season 12 podcast icon illustrated by Lars Litaro, Deep Night Season 12 theme by Zach Gabbard. Music throughout the episode is provided by the talented roster at Haller Hills Farm in Ohio. Production studio space provided by Harvestworks here in New York City. Remember to subscribe, rate, and review the show on Apple Podcasts or tune in on Stitcher, SoundCloud, or Spotify. Thank you for listening, and this season... I encourage you all to leave your portals open.